Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Isn't He good? Isn't He marvelous? You know, if we could just remember how wonderful and how good He is. You know, the, the last song that we sang today, Thank You, Lord, with all my heart. He is good to us. And, and he, he could be even gooder if, if we just open up to Him. So many times, in fact, is all the time, we're the ones that limit His goodness because His goodness is unlimited. His love is so far-reaching and unfailing that if we just open up just a little, one more little crack in our life, He fills it just that quick. He's looking for opportunities to love us on a constant basis more than He's loved us before. And it's not that His love, we're we're not waiting on Him. He's waiting on us to open up just a little bit more. How many are glad they've grown in the Lord because they've, they've known more of that love every day of their life? Amen? And, and it's faith in that love that gets us through. It's faith in that love, faith in God. Amen? Yes. You know, so many times, in fact, is a, this is what we're going to talk about today. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews 10. But, um, you know, we get in the faith for something and we start looking because nothing's happening we start looking for what we're not doing we we need uh, let me rephrase that i have i have been in a place where i was believing god for something or at least at least felt like i was believing god for something and it wasn't moving the direction i thought it should be moving so therefore i thought i needed more anybody been there and so you start looking for more because you need a new word. You, need, you know, you had this word, but now you need a new word. Well, guess what? You don't need a new word. <laughs> you, know, you don't. Do you know that the and in the Word of God, if you'll take it as God's Word, has more power in it than you could ever use? Because it's the Word of God. We don't need a new word all the time. So many times that's the devil trying to pull us off of our confidence in our faith. Amen? Amen? Let's look at the word here. We don't want to pull off our confidence, do we? Our confidence in our faith in God. Not just our confidence, our confidence in our faith in God. In Hebrews 10 and verse 35, everybody knows these verses. You got them underlined and starred. Well, there's more there, right? And God can show us. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Confidence in what or confidence in who? You know, so many times we get our confidence over in the what instead of in the who. Our confidence is in the Lord. Our confidence and our trust is in Him, Right? Um, We've said it many times. We don't want to have faith in faith. We want to have faith in God. Because it's it's because of His goodness, because of His kindness, because of His power that these things are going to happen. Because of His love for you. You know, I heard one minister one time, and they they were dealing with a situation in their life, and and they didn't go and find 16,000 verses on healing. They said, I know the Lord loves me, and this is going to work out for my good. I know the Lord loves me, and this is going to work out for my good. I know the Lord loves me, and this is going to work out for my good. What was was her faith in? The love of God. 
Yes, the love of the healing scriptures are there, but they're there because of the love of God. He sent His Word and healed you and saved you from your destructions. Why? Because He loves you. Right? That's that is right. If you'll read on up in that, that's Psalm 107. If you'll read on up in there, it talks about all these things that they'd done, and then and then the Lord sent His Word and healed them. Was was your faith in the Word or in the Lord that sent the Word? It must first be in the Lord who sent the Word, then in the Word, because if you don't have faith in the Lord, you can't have faith in His Word. Right? Now, Brother Moore, he was in uh, Tulsa preaching not long ago, and we drove down. He was talking about your faith can't go beyond what he said, which is so true because if he hasn't said it, you got no reason to have faith you can do it. But we've got word from the Lord. But our, but our faith must start in God. In, in Mark 11, it's, Jesus doesn't say have faith. He says have faith in God. And if you have faith in God, then you can say. But you must first have faith in God, and then you can say unto the mountain, right? Our faith must be in God. And if we have our faith settled and established in God and His love for us and in His goodness towards us, right? Your faith begins with John 3.16, right? For God so loved you that He sent Jesus for you. And your faith begins right there. Right? Everlasting life began the day you believed that verse. Everlasting life. And, and the day you believed your, that verse, then, then your faith began in Him, in His goodness. Because what you believed is that He loved you so much that He sent Jesus. And you immediately believed in His love. Not just Jesus, you believed in the God who sent the Word. Jesus was the Word of God. Right? And you believed in God who loved you and sent Jesus. And so your faith was immediately grounded in God. Right? And when, and when you're believing for something in your life, no matter how large, be it a family situation, financial, a, a sickness, a disease, our first faith must be in His goodness. Because it's his, because of His goodness that healing is available. It's because of His love that all these good things are available to us. He, he's, he sent His Word and healed us, Right? And he says that we'll not die, but live. Why? To declare his works. Right? Your living declares his works. Our life, it's not just your life, your living because of him declares his works. Amen? And so, so basically he's saying you'll be a preacher. Right? <laughs> and so what the devil wants us to do is find a way to get us to quit. Right? Cast away our confidence. Well, I know that's what the Word said, but, you know, I'm, I've got to find more Scriptures because that Word, you know, it, God gave you that Word. And what the, what the devil wants you to do is doubt that Word that God gave you. Because if he can get you to doubt that Word, he can get you to doubt God. Because God and His Word are inseparable. And so if he can get you to doubt the Word that God gave you and get you to let go... Right? title of our sermon today is Don't Let Go. If He can get you to doubt, if He can show you enough bad things to get you to doubt that you're going to make it, then He can get you to let go of that Word that God gave you 
the good God that gave it to you. Amen? And that's why he said, cast not away your confidence. He said, don't quit. Don't cast it away. Don't stop. Be confident that what God told you is true. Don't let this be too simple today, guys. I'm real simple, so we're going to be real simple. Uh, We may use some hillbilly language. But we're not going to quit. There's, there's too many people that are being, and me, you included, that are being duped by the devil into thinking we need more than we got. You don't need more. You just need to stay with what you do have. You'll get more. You'll get more. Amen? Because if you keep seeking God, you will get more. Right? Because if you're not casting away your confidence, what are you doing? You're building your confidence. Right? You're standing on it. You're looking at things that build it. Right? Testimonies are good and and they should stir your faith, but it's the Word that brings faith. Amen? You can listen to a lot of testimonies and that's great. Hear them and, and get them in your heart, but it's the Word of God that brings faith. Why? Because the Word speaks of Him. It speaks of His goodness. And, and it spree, speaks of His certainty and His unfailing abilities. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And so, how, how do we receive them? We don't cast our confidence away, for we have need of patience, in verse 36. What's patience? It, it, you know, a lot of people think patience is just sitting there, and, and they really think patience is impatience. You know, most people think patience is sitting there. I'm waiting. Here I am waiting. God, I've been waiting. Oh, God. God, your word says this, and I've been waiting. I'm waiting, waiting. Here I am waiting. I'm tired of waiting, but I'm going to wait because I'm patient. See how patient I am? Leave me alone. I'm being patient. Don't talk to me today. I'm being patient. That is not patience. Patience is expecting to get what you believe for. Patience, patience is already... It's like when you go to the drive-thru window. You're not wondering if you're going to get your food. You're going to wait there till you get it. Why? Because you already ordered it. It's coming. That's patience. Amen? And, and, and when, we, when we ask for something according to His Word from the good God, that we serve, then we should go and patiently wait on it, doing those things that we would normally do, expecting it to come. Right? You, you, you shouldn't stop your life and say, okay, as soon as this comes, then, then I'll do the next step. No, start doing the next step now. It's coming. Right? Like when I'm at the drive through window, I call Kim and tell her to go ahead and get the plates on the table. Before the food's even in the seat. Right? Why? Because I got faith and I'm being patient right there at the window. Right? And man, if they tell me to pull forward, I just pull forward in my spot and wait. Why? Because they're getting ready to get me some food. Glory to God. Yeah. And then, and then I look back in the rearview mirror and I see that guy bringing my bag out and I'm like, oh yeah, there it comes. Why? Because I was expecting it. Why? Because that's how certain I felt like it was. God's Word's more certain. And when God speaks something to your heart and says, this is what you stand on, 
He's saying, I love you, and here's my word. You have something that will never fail. Wait until you see it. Because you will see it. Amen? Amen. Unless you don't wait. (laughs) Hebrews 3. Look at Hebrews 3 and 14. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if there is a qualifier here. Why? That's why the devil's trying to get you to step off because there's a qualifier to being a partaker with Christ. There is a qualifier. You know, there's not always a qualifier, but in this, in this instance, there is. And it says you're made partakers with Christ if. If what? If you hold on. If you hold the beginning of our, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. What is patience? Patience always believes there's an end. If you <laughs> okay, if I got impatient while waiting for my food, then I would be believing that they forgot. Right? Wait a second, my food's not coming. Where's my food? And I'd go in and I'd throw a fit. And they'd hand me my bag and say, "Well, we were on our way." Right? But if we hold fast until the end, right, we're made partakers. Hold fast our confidence that we had when we started. So many people, all of us, man, we get a word from God. You've been in the services, and man, it's a good service. I mean, and it pumps you up, and your spirit's full, and you got a word, and you walk out the door with that word, and your confidence is high. Oh, man, because you've been in church. Right? But guess what? You're getting ready to go out in the world. Right? And in the world, it ain't like when you're in church where you got everybody around you saying, that's right, you're going to make it. Oh man, are you going to make it? You probably have this for the days out. In the world, they're saying, whew, where's my money? <laughs> well, God's bringing it in. I don't want to hear about your God. I want to know where my bill is. Right? In the world, they're not there to pump you up. And the enemy's out there to distract you and to keep you from having confidence that you held in the beginning. Right? He wants to lower your confidence. And then he'll bring along six people that were trying to believe the same thing, and they didn't make it. And then they'll tell you their story. You'll go up to them and say, Oh, man, I was in church today, and I got a word from the Lord, and I am standing till I get it. And they'll say, Oh, wow. You know what? We had that same word didn't work out for us. You know, my great-grandma was believing that same thing. She died. Sat on the front row of the church every week, too. Front, taught in Sunday school year after year. Good, 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 and gooder lady. Believed that word, and it didn't work out. But I imagine God didn't plan for it to. What, what part of God's word do you reckon He doesn't plan to work out? which part do you imagine he spoke and said this part will fail this part will succeed no his word is life it never fails we may fail his word but his word will never fail us amen and so if we hold fast to that word not, not those things that people tell us, not the things that the devil tries to feed us, but the Word of God. The Word that the Lord who loves you gave you. 
And that's that's exactly how we need to remember it to keep our confidence high. The first thing you remember is the Lord who loves me. The Creator of heaven and earth who loves me individually said this to me. So now your faith is in Him and in the Word He gave you. So your faith is infallible at that point because your faith is in love and in the Word of love. How many know there's one thing that can't fail? And I know I talk about it every time I preach, and I'll probably talk about it until I quit preaching, which I don't know when that will be because I don't got a retire date. (laughs) The love of God is unfailing. The love of God is unfailing, and everything that flows out of Him is from love. Therefore, when we believe in that love and we believe in that Word, we're believing in an unfailing source. What does the devil have to do to get that not to work? Get you away from it. Because if you're in it, it is going to work. The only way to get it not to work is to get you out of it because it's going to continue working. Amen? And so he's got to get you off your confidence. Right? It says we're made partakers if we hold this confidence to the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. What's he talking about? He's talking about the children of Israel who saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and the, right after the miracle, well, sure, the Red Sea split, but we don't have water. <laughs> right? Well, great, you got us water, but now we don't have food. Well, great, you got us bread, but we wanted meat. You know, a lot of people look at that and they say, how could they be that way? You know what? We're that same way when we say, yeah, you told us by whose stripes we're healed, but we need another verse. You don't need another verse. By whose stripes you were healed. People say, well, I would never do that. We do it. We just don't do it with the whiny voice. We do it with the serious religious voice. Oh, I know your word, Lord, that by whose stripes you were healed. But if you could only see fit to give me another, because I need more. In other words, I know you say by whose stripes I were healed, but I need more. It's the same thing. You just said it with a different voice. Right? It's provocation. What is it? It's, it's not believing in what he's told you. These people had a word from the Lord that said, that's your land. Go get it. They had a word from love that said, that's your, that's your land, go get it. I love you, and I've prepared that for you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And he told them it was theirs. Right? And three of them believed him. Right? Provocation is many times what, 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 the, what your heart and what your mind is trying to do to keep you from believing what God has already given you. You're not trying to get God to give. God's already given it. Right? You're just trying to get there and take it. Right? And so so many times that's what we're doing when we say we need more, we need another word, we need this. We don't need another word. We need to watch those, those who have come before us and how did they receive How did they get it? The same way you're going to get it, by holding on to the Word that God gave you, holding on to the God that gave you the Word. Amen? You want the who and you want the what. First you get the who, which is God who loves you. Then you get the what, which is His Word. Amen? And between the who and the what, you'll get it. 
And you don't, you don't need any more. And when the devil says, it ain't working, you say, I got the who and I got the what. Leave me alone. Because I got the Lord and I got His Word. And I don't need anything else. I am going to overcome. I am going to get through this. And I am going to come out on the other side blessed, healed, whole. Because I have the who and I got the what. Glory to God. And it says His Word is unfailing. It says in in Isaiah 40, it says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord shall stand forever. You know what? It doesn't even wobble. Do you realize that the enemy has not thrown anything that that, that God's Word could not handle? And I mean easily. You know, some of the things we talk about, and, and I know none of you have ever talked this way, but you get in a situation and say, oh, no, just nobody understands. They just don't know what I'm going through. Not only do they know, there's people going through the exact same thing and worse. But guess what? It hasn't phased the Word of God. It still stands true forever. It's not waiting for you to believe it to be true. It's already true. You putting your faith in the true, right, causes the true to happen to you. Right? Glory to God. The Word of God stands forever. And then, and so He shows us, He says, I've given you ways and shown you how to do this. How did He show us? Through, the, through our forefathers, through our father Abraham. Amen? Through Noah. Right? Many people, they say, well, you know, God did this and God... God did the same thing for them that He's doing for you and He's doing it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, they believed in Him and they believed in His Word. God hasn't changed. Right? It says, believe in Me, believe in My Word. Right? It says in Hebrews 6.12, it says, but don't be slothful. What's He calling... Who's He calling slothful? People who don't follow. Right? When you lose your confidence, you quit following. Right? If you, if you think you're following someone who doesn't know where they're going, <laughs> and you lose your confidence in them, what do you do? You turn. You say, you know what? I don't think that's the way. And so you make a turn because you're, you lost confidence in your leader. People say, well, I didn't lose confidence in God. I just felt like I needed to do this. Okay. So you quit following God to do this. Right? When we lose confidence, we we make turns that we shouldn't make and we reason it out, right, with human theology. Right? Well, it didn't look like it was working the way it ought to, and and I really felt like it should have been like this and this. You know what? God does things the ways you ain't going to even imagine. Right? You, you think he's going to spit in somebody's eyes? Does that seem normal to you? Hmm? Right? Go dip in the muddy river seven times, not six. Right? God doesn't do things the way you think. Right? That's why he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Right? They're, they're higher and greater. And he said, don't be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. The promises are there. The promises not only are there, they're already fulfilled. So we're chasing fulfilled promises. 
Amen? And by faith and patience, you'll reach Him. How about Noah? Did he have faith and patience? He's in Hebrews 11. He must have. Hebrews 11, 7. says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. In other words, God told him about stuff that nobody had even seen. <laughs> yeah, when he said that we're going to have a flood, nobody even knew what a flood was. Right? Well, what is a flood anyway? Right? He, says he warned him of things that hadn't even been seen, so he couldn't visualize them except through God, right? But God gave him a word and said, this is what's going to happen. And he moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. What fear? Not, not afraid, fear. Reverence for the speaker, right? In other words, he heard who said it, and it was God. And when God says something, something's getting ready to happen, right? And so Noah went out and started building an ark, when he was 500 years old. <laughs> Man, I don't even know if I feel like building an ark today. <laughs> I reckon when you're 500, it might not seem like the greatest idea in the world. But guess what? He didn't question God one bit. Why? He knew God and he knew His Word. Right? People say, well, how do you know he knew God? Because it says he knew God. It says he knew God. It says in... Uh, it says, uh, I'll find it. It's in here. Genesis 6, 9. It says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, a perfect man. He was perfect in his generation. This is God talking about him, right? Reckon God knew his heart? Yes. You know, somebody else may have looked at Noah and said, you know, he's not all that great. But when God said he is. See, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It's what God says about you. That's where your confidence comes from. That's where your self-confidence should come from. It should come from what God says about you. Right? Just like parents, you, you set up your own children's self-confidence. Right? <laughs> hey, parents, you might as well like it. It's true. You will help give your child its self-confidence. If you talk bad about say, you are a stupid, lazy heathen. What in the world am I ever going to do with you? You're never going to amount to a thing. You know what? You're giving them every opportunity not to amount to a thing. Right? But every day when you tell them you're, they're beautiful and they're created by God to do a good work in this earth, you're not telling them what they're supposed to be. you got too many people telling their kids, oh, you're a prophet. You're... You don't know that. Wait, let God tell them that. Amen. Let them find God for themselves. Right? Because it's going to mess them up. Someday they're going to need to find God for themselves and they're going to look for you and you ain't going to be there. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it says he was a just man and, a perf and perfect in his generations. And then it says, and Noah walked with God. You know, he's not just talking about he walked with him and they didn't talk. When you, when you, when you walk with God, they're saying you know him. You know who he is? How many, how many of you walk with God? When you walk with God, He begins to impart who He is to you. Not just what He's going to do for you. Because when you learn who He is to you, you'll begin to see what He's going to do for you. Right? But, but see, so many people, they want to walk with God so they can see what He's going to do for them. <laughs> I want to walk with God so I can know more about Him. Because the more I know about Him, the more I know I'll have from Him. 
but I want to know the heart of God. That's what Paul said. He said, I want to know God. I want to know in the power of His resurrection. What's he saying? He said, I want to know His love. Because that was the power of the resurrection. I want to know His love. And as you walk with God, that's what you find out. See, because most people look at this and say, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with love. He's getting ready to destroy all life as we know it. You know what? This was an ultimate act of love. Because for a hundred years, Noah preached. And you talk about a drought and salvations. Not one person came to the Lord in those hundred years. They said, well, you mean he was up on the pulpit preaching? No, he was building an ark and people were laughing at him. Why? Because he was doing something that God said that no one else could understand. Noah was preaching. Second Peter says Noah preached. Right? Second Peter 2.5 says he protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness. <laughs> yeah. Noah preached. Every day when he got up and went to work on that ark, everybody that saw him could see faith in God. Right? And there was a righteousness that could come by that faith. They could have easily said, Noah, we believe in what you're doing. Let us help you build that ark and get on it with you. They had opportunity. In fact, later Jesus preached to them in hell, so that they, they probably came out all right. Second Peter, if you want to look it up. <laughs> Same place. Reckon if Jesus preached in hell, it might have been empty for that. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine. Hmm. He sounds good, but nice and warm here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got to imagine he was pretty convincing that day. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Noah believed the Word, and he believed the God that spoke the Word. And in doing so, he saved his household, and he saved the remnant of the world that would later come back. Yeah. Amen? By faith, Noah did these things. By faith, he was warned of God of things that hadn't even happened. And he received... Man, I've already got my notes messed up. He received those things that God promised. Amen? Amen? And he made it through. Why? Because he hung on. What if in that hundred years he just said, you know, there's really no such thing as floods. Right? You know, everything's really kind of nice. Everything seems peaceful right now. Yeah, the people are kind of evil, but, you know, overall I'm serving God and things are okay. And he said, you know what? I don't. I, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe he was saying, it, I'm going to come back later and warn you and you may need to build an ark. And see, that's what people say, oh, no, you'd never do that. Yeah, people do it all the time. They reason and they take God's Word and they start adding some of their reasoning into it. And you can't take something that's impure and put it in the pure. God's Word's just true. We have people doing that all... You know, I had somebody the other day say, they told me they were talking about John, uh, 3 John 2, and they said, well, he was just writing a letter to his friend. Well... So prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers, is not God's desire for you. That was John's desire for a friend. So part of the Word is not Holy Ghost inspired, and it's not God's Word, is what they're saying. 
No, 3 John 2 is the heart of God coming up through John to His people. Amen? Amen? And, and when, we, when we belittle His Word by adding our own human reason to it, that, that's why people don't believe in, in, in uh, 2 Peter. 1 Peter, I'm sorry, 2.24. Because they say, well, you know, that was just spiritual healing. You know, that, that just meant He was healing us spiritually. Well, where does it say that? You know, what, what part of the Word did you find that in? You've got to add to that Word to come up with that. But see, they're going to say, well, you've got to, dis- you've got to um, de- devalue all these people's lives that have died and, 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 not, and not received that promise by receiving the promise. You're saying all these other people are wrong by their experience. Yes. No matter how close to me they were, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. If, if their experience does not fit the Word of God, then their experience or lack of experience is not going to form my beliefs in His Word or in Him. And that's why people... See, that's how God... That's how the devil and the enemy try to get you off of your confidence in Him. If they can get you to believe bad of Him, then, then they can, there's no such thing as sweet water and bitter water coming out of the same spout. I don't care how sweet you make that water, you add junk to it and it don't taste good no more. Right? We're not going to believe any of that. That's why our first belief must be in the God of love, His love for us, His a wonderful, marvelous, gracious, kind God. And never step off of that. Never look at somebody else's view that says He's anything else. If your own experience doesn't match up to who He is, don't change who He is. That's right. Amen? Amen? Because He's a good God. Thank you, Lord. It says, that he, it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, He raises up a standard against it. You can say it two ways. Like a flood, He raises up a standard. Or when the enemy comes in like a flood. Either way, His standard is greater. And His standard is His Word given by love. Any standard that He gives is His Word. And our belief must be in the giver, then the gift. The sayer, then the saying. People say, ah, I'm a word person. Be a word person, but believe in the giver of the word. First. Because there's too many, time, too many people searching the word, trying to get stuff out of the word without getting the God that gave it. Huh? I spent years trying to get the word to work. And not seeking God a minute. I was seeking His Word. So, well, you're seeking Him. No, I was seeking His Word. I wanted His Word to work for me so I could have my life the way I wanted it. But the way His Word works is He gives you life. (laughs) In other words, He says, here's the life I give you. Right? And if it doesn't match up with your vision, change your vision. Well, but I got a family. I got this. I got this. You got a mission and you got a life given to you by God. Believe in what He gave you and begin to be. And when I began to seek God with all my heart and not, not, not seek the Word for what it could give me, but seek the Word for who gave it, then what it could give me came. 
But my heart was only towards who gave it now, not towards the gift. Too many people seeking the gift and not the giver. Amen? If you seek the giver, guess what? He got the gift. And you will get the gift because the gift is for you. Glory to God. Let's look at Abraham. We've got time to look at Abraham, don't we? Abraham, Genesis 15.1. He's Abram right now. It says, after these things, this is right after he had told the, the king of Sodom, he said, you know what? I don't want to, it said, anybody has made me rich except God. In other words, he just put God first place in his life and, and shouted it to the king. He went as high as you could go and shouted, God is my God and he is my source and I'll have no other. In other words, I know who he is and I know who I am because of it. And I don't want any other source. Right? He just said that in the end of verse chapter 14, if you want to look it up. Amen? He said, said I don't want even a, a lace to tie my shoes. Right? And then, then right after that, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. What, what's God saying? He's saying, I want you to believe in who I am and what I'm going to do. He said, believe in who I am. I'm your shield. I'm your protector, I'm your, I'm your keeper, I'm your everything. And your, war, your reward will be great. I'm your exceeding great reward. What's he saying? He's saying, here's, here's where your faith starts. Right? Abraham had already believed God. He left his nation. He said, new journey. Here's where your faith starts today. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. What's he saying? He's saying, believe in me. Believe in God. Have faith in who I am. Now I'm going to give you a word. Have faith in who I am. Now listen to what I say. Because if you have faith in who He is, you'll listen to what He says. Right? He said, have faith in who I am. And he said, and then in about... Uh, well, let's just look at verse 2. Let's just go to 2. 15.1 and 15.2. Abram said, hey, you know... how. <laughs> What are you going to do for me? I'm, I don't have a child. And, and uh, somebody that's not even of my own house is going to be my heir. Three. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And one not even born in my house will have to be my heir. Verse 4, God stops at Abram. Why? Because Abram's talking himself out of the confidence he just spoke of in verse 14, or in chapter 14. And he stops him and he says, And behold, the word of the Lord. After he told him who he was, now he said, Now the word's coming. The word of the Lord came to him saying, This shall not be. <laughs> this shall not be. We should learn how to say that. This shall not be. When the word of somebody else comes, you say, This shall not be. When the doctor says this, you say, This shall not be. When the banker says this, you say, This shall not be. This shall not be. Because the word, that, and that's what God says. He, when all these negative things come forth, He raises up a standard and He says, This shall not be. Yes. He said, This shall not be. This shall not be your heir. But He shall come forth out of your own bowels. What's He doing? He's giving Him a word. He's already told Him who He was. Believe in Me. Believe what I say. Right? He said, He'll come forth out of your own bowels. Abraham got a choice right now. Right? What do I do with my other pages? Do you guys know? 
Verse 5. And he brought him out and he said, let me give you a vision. He said, I've told you what I'm going to say. Now I want want you to see what I said. Right? He said, let me give you a vision. He took him out and he said, look at the stars. Are you able to number those? That's how big your seed will be. So he didn't just give him a vision of Isaac. Did he? Oh, no. God's, God's vision's way bigger than that. And He wants your faith to be as big as His vision. Why? Because He's trying to get something to other people. He's not just trying to give Abram a kid. You know, we got too many people, they just want to pray, oh, I don't have a kid, I don't have a kid. Do you, what do you want a kid for? Does it fulfill you? Or does it fulfill a promise? <laughs> I love you. Hey, every creator, everything, every person born in this earth has a part in the kingdom of God, has a service unto the Lord. And when we pray for a child, then we should pray for one that's going to make a difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of everyone it touches. Amen? And when, when, when Abram decides to believe this, he's believing for nations now. He's no longer believing for an for a, for a heir. He's believing for nations. Amen? That's, that's what real faith does. It's not just believing so my business will go good and my bills will be paid. It's believing so that your business will go good and you'll have an abundance to give into the kingdom of God. Right? Thank you, Lord. And it says, he showed him the vision. And then it says, in verse 6, it says, And he believed what God said. No, it says he believed in the Lord. In other words, he believed in God and he believed in what he said. He didn't just believe in the Word. Yet too many people say, Ah, oh, believe that Word. Believe that Word. Believe in the God that gave it, then believe in the Word. Believe in the whole thing. You want to see the Word work fast? Believe in everything that's in it. First, the love of God and your shield and your exceeding great reward who gave it to you and now its unfailing ability spoken out of the mouth of love. It is love. Amen? Because this was given to Abram because he loved the world. This is the beginning of Jesus Christ. Right? For this is for God so loved the world right here. Clear back in the book of Genesis. Because what did he say? He said, I made this plan before the foundations of the world. And here it's coming to pass. And what's he going to do? He's got to get a man to believe it. But he found a man who would. And he believed the Lord. He believed in the Lord. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. Because he believed it, he received it. Amen? Glory to God. Man, it's already time to quit, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. Why? Because God is working on a future. Right? Why do you not want to cast your confidence away? Because you've got a future. When we cast our confidence away and we step back from those things that God's put for us to do in our lives, when we step back and get offended, when we step back and decide to go our own way, when we decide that it's not working the way we thought it should do, when we need more Word, when we need more of this or we need more of that, then we're stepping back from our future. Right? Jeremiah 29, 11. 
What's it say? It says, for I know, look at it in the NIV. It says, I know the plan that I have for you. See, this is what he was saying when, he, when, when, when Isaac was a seed. He's saying, I know the plan. God knows the plan. See, that, that's why you've got to trust in the Lord. That's why you've got to believe in Him first. He knows the plan. And you trust in the, in the planner first. Because you must trust in the planner before you trust in the plan. If somebody comes to you and they've got a plan drawn with crayons, and they say, hey, can you build this? You know, I, I, I got this plan. Can you do this? You're, you're not going to trust in the planner, let alone build the plan. God has a plan, and he says, he says, I know the plan that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. That's why you say, this shall not be. Yes. Why? Because you have a future. There's a lady that goes to church in Sarasota right now, and she's alive today because she held on to a word that said, you'll go to this church. Yeah, the doctor said, oh, it's stage four. And she said, no, God told me. God told me that I'll, I'll sit in the first service at this church. She's serving at the church. I walk by her and say, hey, how you doing? She says, I'm great. Why? Because she's healed because the word is true and she has a hope and a future. Glory to God. We have a hope and a future. He has declared your end from the beginning. When the, when the devil tries to end you prematurely, you say no. He has declared my end from the beginning. Too many people say, well, maybe this is God's end. No. If it ain't good, it ain't God. He's already, he already made your end. He, it says in, in King James in this very verse, He gives you an expected end. In other words, He knows what end He expects. We give unexpected ends. He gives expected ends. You know what the end of every trial is? Victory. He gives us an expected end. We have a future. Our faith in God is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? That's what it says. It says, He who believes in God, he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, is the one that has the faith that's the victory that overcomes the world. That's our faith. Our faith is our confidence, is what backs our confidence in who He is and what He has. But we must first, first and foremost, believe in the giver and then the gift. Amen? Amen? How many got a good giver? Hallelujah. You got to believe in a good giver. He didn't, come, he didn't come to Abraham and say, I'm your sometime shield and I could be a reward. He didn't come to him and say, he didn't come to him and say, depending on what you do. No. He said, I am. I'm already that. Choose me. Choose me. Stick with me. And hold on to my word. And we're all sitting here as the seed of Abraham today. Because he refused to quit. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We serve a good God.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We got a song today?